Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What up, what up, what up, podcast party people, what's happening man, how are you friends, oh I think you're gonna like this one, I think you're gonna like this one, Eric Danielson from Vatain, fucking great band, yeah good shit man. He goes into all kinds, goes into the whole, they just had their tour canceled, goes into a lot of stuff, we go all over the place. I uh, I met these guys back in 2012 on Soundwave Festival, so decade ago, and uh, yeah man, I'm going to sit here and say we're friends, but you know, we've crossed paths many times and hung out, it's always a good vibe, always a good vibe. I uh let's see what can I what can I talk about? I think I talked about this last week. I performed with Exodus. I can't remember now. My brain's totally shot. I performed with Exodus last week. It was awesome. And I feel like I talked about it already though. I can't remember now. And then I went to Cannibal Corpse, Shadow of Intent, Revocation. Uh, who was the support band? Uh, oh, Whitechapel. That was a good hang. I tell you what, this uh, this Shadow of Intent band who opened, fuck, dude, they were brutal, fucking brutal. I'd never heard them. I'd I'd heard every, I'd heard everybody else, and I'd seen I had never seen Revocation. My first time seeing them, they were killer, great guys. Ended up raging with the singer, fucking super nice guy, a blast. Um, chilling with the White Chapel dudes, Ben from White Chapel. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good hang, man. Saw my boy Babyface. Shout out to Babyface. Um, yeah, it was a good time. We uh, tell you what though, that Shadow of Intent man, holy fuck, they were fucking brutal, dude. I'm gonna get them on the podcast. They were fucking good. It was fucking savage savagery. You know, very modern death metal. Super fast and, but killer breakdowns. Fucking singer, dude. He spit this one part. It was so many fucking words. I was just like, damn. He didn't take a breath for nothing. It was awesome. Um, yeah. And the next night went to Judas Priest. Hung out with my boy Andy Sneep. Andy Sneep was on the podcast. I don't know a year ago. It was a great interview, definitely. That's up now on everywhere. That's up everywhere. It's on fucking YouTube. You can go check it out on there. Fucking funny interview. But uh, Judas Priest killed it, dude. So fucking good. They just fucking slayed it. And uh, they brought Glenn Tipton out. They brought Glenn Tipton out, which was huge. Just super fucking, super great. I mean, it was the girl next to me started crying. She's like, oh, my God, I never thought I'd see Glenn Tipton. 
super it was fucking great i mean so many great songs i gotta tell you they had a fucking mass so many friends i hung out with it was a killer time i went with crummy joe and my wife and and then uh we uh we sat there and we uh we kicked it in in the vip area and wayne from hate breed now lives out here and wayne if you don't know got also i gotta give a shout out to jeff gomes i went to uh I went to the Shadow of Intent Whitechapel show with uh, Jeff Gomes. Hung out with him most of the night. He's a he's a diehard, no fucking regrets listener. And uh, he was also at Judas Priest. He's a hustler, baby. He's hustling that Mordred shit. Jeff Gomes out there every night, flyer and sticker and goddamn. Anyway, uh, at the uh, at the Judas Priest show. Wayne from Hatebreed now lives out here. And, dude, Wayne's a huge Judas Priest fan. He knows every fucking word. Every word. And him and I sat there fucking singing every goddamn song. Oh, my God. It was so fun. My throat was fucking so sore the next night. I literally sang every song for two hours. It was awesome. They fucking killed a huge stage production, like the biggest stage production I've ever seen. At the Fox. I mean, it was total arena-sized production. Video walls and fucking giant Y symbol and you know, all that shit. Yeah, it was killer. It was really cool. Everybody looked great. Like, fucking Halford did, like, ten costume changes. and Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And a Sneepster killed it. And then, uh, I tell you what, at one point, Wayne was just like, why this band is not playing the arena? I have no fucking idea. And I was like, I know, I know, right? We both sat there talking about it for a minute. Like, why is it that Iron Maiden is playing the arena, but Judas Priest is playing the Fox? You know, there's no reason that, you know, they should not just be playing the arenas together. I mean, like, you know, different shows or whatever, but it is a mystery for the ages. I don't understand it. You know, they've had they've had a very similar career path. You know, they've had great fucking albums and then fucking, you know, both of them at one point lost their singer and then they got new singers and continued on and put out records that, you know, maybe some people liked but, you know, weren't like very well received. And then they both reunited with their original singers or their, you know, the singers that they get really popular with in the case of Iron Maiden, you know, because Paul Diano is the original singer on the first two albums, which I love. And, you know, they both did that. And then Iron Maiden went to the fucking arenas and, you know, I think even Judas Priest did. And the first time I saw Judas Priest after the fucking reunion was, uh, was, uh, they were the main support to Sabbath on Ozfest and killed it. Fucking blew the fucking roof off of the amphitheater. Oh, there's no roof at the amphitheater, but they blew the fucking sky. They blew the clouds off of the fucking sky. Killed it. And, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. I They've got a fucking equally impressive music catalog. You know, their fucking la- Firepower by Judas Priest is fucking awesome. Great record. Production's killer. Great songs. I don't know. Fucking makes no sense to me, man. I don't know why that many more metalheads will go see an Iron Maiden show. But won't go see a Judas Priest show. It's a fucking, it's a conundrum for the ages. 
But it, you know, whatever. Didn't matter. Show was fucking awesome. It was great. Had a blast. Went to the after party. It was, it was good. And then we got, we ended up getting a ride with my friend Carla and Ronnie, and fucking their car got broken into. I was like, Oakland, come on, man. Come on now, Oakland. Fucking people's cars always getting broken into in Oakland. It fucking sucks. So, yeah, broke their window. Didn't steal anything, just broke their window. Just fucking, just busted out the window. It was in a paid parking lot. Fucking jackass parking lot. Yeah, good stuff. Shot a video for a new song off of the upcoming album. Yes, shot a video, baby. Good stuff. We are going to be dropping that pretty soon, and we'll be announcing the title for the new album. We'll be announcing the song title for that video. And then you'll probably get all the info that you've been waiting for. All of that info. Yeah. Turned out, I think this video is going to be pretty sick too. So Jared and I shot it here. Matt and Vogue are shooting it in Poland on uh, Thursday. Using, uh, we used, over here, we used Mike Sloat, longtime video director. He did Imperium video, Aesthetics of Hate, Halo, everything. Everything we've probably ever done, pretty much. For the last 15, 18 years. And uh, they're using Grupa 13, who has done videos for Behemoth, Creator, a bunch of guys, a bunch of bands. So uh, I'm stoked. I think it's going to be a really cool... I'm stoked about the collaboration because I definitely think that the Grupa 13 uh, company does great work. And uh, I'm just stoked at the collaboration. I think it's cool to, that we'll both be doing this. And... Um, yeah, so that'll be dropping soon, man. And then it's going to be all about pre-orders. We got bundles. We're going to have pre-orders for the record. Let's fucking do this. Let's do this. Um, what else? That's about it. That's about it. Going to a couple shows. Soccer Mania with Y Guy. Just been so, my why my youngest son has officially surpassed his wife with uh, his height. <laughs> my wife is now officially the shortest person in the house, much to her chagrin. <laughs> she was like, "Oh my god!" We noticed it yesterday. She's like, "You totally passed me." Yeah. And I'm happy to tell you, the wife and I are finally having relations again. You know, she had a little procedure and wasn't able to. Use those parts for a while. We're now finally having relations. Might, ah, very happy about it. It's good stuff. Uh, let's see what else. And that's it. I'm gonna just get. I'm gonna get right into the Vatane stuff. I think it's Watane or Vatane. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I was talking to Eric, and he said that he thinks that this song is the ultimate song. He, if, if it was up to him. This would be the number one song on Spotify. It is off of their Opus Diaboli album, and the song is called Reaping Death. And he says this song best defines Watang. Yeah. 
He also says that this song could represent them as well. The new song, The Howling. This is off of their upcoming album, The Agony and the Ecstasy of Watain. The song just dropped. This song is called Black Flames March off of the Wild Hunt. I met these guys on this record. this out though this is one of their new songs this is another song this is a new song called Saramosa this song's pretty sick dude got a cool vibe to it kind of reminds me of Queensryche for some reason This song called They Rode On. Number one song on Spotify. We talk about this too. He's perplexed at how this became the number one song. Because they're a brutal black metal band. But like one of their mellower songs. Awesome song. No shame in this song being like your big song. This is off of their Wild Hunt record also. Good shit, right? Good. Anyway, 
ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you one of the most evil bands in the entire fucking world, and I love it. The mighty, mighty Eric Danielson of the mighty Watane. Hey there, auto mechanics and super cool do-it-yourself guys who work on their own cars. I want to tell you about rockauto.com, the online store with every auto part at the best prices. This is your one-stop shop for everything auto parts. rockauto.com has been in business for 20 years, and they make it easy to find the parts you need at the best possible prices. No more talking to counter guys who need to order parts, aren't really sure what you're looking for, never quite have what you are looking for. They still charge you for the storefront markups. At rockauto.com, you can easily find everything you need, whether you're a mechanic, an auto shop, or working on your own car. Everyone has access to the same incredible pricing at rockauto.com. So if you're a car guy, right now, go to rockauto.com and check out all of the parts available for your car. You're going to have a lot of fun looking for car parts. So once more, go to rockauto.com. No promo code needed as their pricing is already that good. When you order, make sure you tell rockauto.com you heard about them on no fucking regrets. Let's get back into it. Eric Danielson, how you doing, man? Doing good. Thank you, Rob. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, a lot of things have, I guess. (laughs) Been, Been a while, I mean. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I want to say the last time that I saw you was you guys played the uh, Metro, which was across the street from my rehearsal place, and you guys right. fucking exactly. killed it. It was a fucking awesome show. Thank you. That was a that was a great uh, that was a great night. Was that the last time we played San Francisco? I think so. Right, right. And then you just had. I just, I mean, I read about all of the fucking insanity with getting into the country this last time. Yeah. Can you tell me about any of this bullshit? I know you were supposed, the tour was supposed to start in San Francisco, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm not going to bore you with details, but it's, but it is a bit fucked. It's not, it's not the regular visa issue thing. There, there's something else going on and we don't really know what it is yet. You know, it's kind of weird, but uh <clears throat> Basically, the last tour that we did was in December 2019 in the States with Morbid Angel. And our guitarist, Pele, he had been uh, taking a few weeks of vacation prior to the tour in Mexico, of all places. You know, good good place to warm up for a tour, right? But uh, when he flew into Atlanta, they stopped him at the border. I guess they maybe do that when planes come from Mexico more regularly. I don't know that, sure. but, 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 but anyway, yeah. and you know, he, he looks the way he looks, he's big, he's got tattoos, he's got a leather vest on with our back patch, you know, maybe like that. So they take him aside and then everything just escalates really quickly. And like, before he knows it, he's in a cell at the airport, like an interrogation room. Holy shit. Like, Who are you? What are you doing? And he's like, relax here is my working visa i'm going on tour and they're like well we're not sure about that and then they took his phone and uh, they came back like six hours later and they had a long interrogation with him about what was on his phone and i mean you can i mean we all have weird shit on our phones but you can imagine how a Batain member's phone looks like. <laughs> a lot of weird shit in there. So, yeah. 
to, to so to sum it up basically what happened was that they they uh, put a red stamp over his working visa and sent him back to mexico and say you're you're banned from entering the states for five years because of you got too much weird shit going on with your what 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 brother. weird shit could he possibly have on there well i mean it's you know i think it was a combination of things because you know okay on one photo he's in a he's naked covered in blood in a cellar you know because that's what we do on photo shoots or, right, uh, right. Medium or whatever on the next one he's on a bike and on the next one he's on a bike with a bunch of other people with strange back patches that they don't like to see in the customs mm. and so on so, so it was like all of these kind of things and he's got hunting friends back home that provide us with uh with uh, like bones and stuff like that right. so they were you know they were hunters with weapons and you know dead moose head or whatever so i think all these things combined uh, along with the fact that he came in from Mexico, probably a bit, you know, red-eyed after three weeks of hanging hanging out in Mexico City, uh, I think they just—that's the thing. We don't really know. And the official reason for his ban was completely unrelated. It, it, the official reason said that he was illegally seeking refuge in the states, which is like. Where he's going on tour, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. coming to work, yeah, for the for the tenth time or something like that. It's right. like I think it's our eighth work, working visa or something like that, right? So, so it's super weird and it's kind of a new thing. I, 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 you know, you always hear a lot, <clears throat> and not only with the U.S. but with visa stuff with bands in general that it can get a bit complicated. But on the other hand, I, I never really heard anything that's related to these kind of decisions. Right. This time when we applied. Sorry, I'm making it a long story anyway, but it's a bit complex. But I'll, I'll finish it off quick. Well, you're, it's like the first. You're talking though the first time that yeah, he came in, that all this happened. It was in 2019, yeah. so this is before right. the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, okay. so that happened then, and we did a tour anyway, but without Pella, I jumped and took the bass, and Alvaro, our bass player, took the guitar, and we just did it. You know. Okay. And it worked, but 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 we didn't want to do it like that this time, so we just reapplied for the whole band, and now they've just taken our applications and just you know sealed the gate kind of they, they don't tell us anything and and uh a little bit spooky you know like what's what's going on because at, at least they could just say like well you've got one member that's been you know banned so that's yeah. why it's taking so long for the whole band but it shouldn't really because that's not how these applications work they are always individual in the end you cannot right. You cannot take a few people, you know, and the, put them in the same pile as problematic people or people with, you know, bands and stuff like that. So it's kind of uh, kind of fucked. Yeah. We didn't expect it. We didn't expect it at all. You know, we 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 expect that it might be be troublesome for Pella to to get in. We didn't know. We were we were working on that with lawyers, but but we we never expected that it would be like this for the whole band so that, yeah that, that's like three days before before takeoff that's what we hear from management that it's this it's not gonna it's not gonna happen we're not we're not getting a word from the embassy wow well I'm yeah I'm, I'm sorry to hear that and i'm sure a lot of uh fans are super disappointed because you guys got a big fan yeah. base out here yeah it's just you know one of those tours you don't want to cancel right right uh, you don't want to cancel any tour good bill yeah it was a good bill it was a lot of sold out shows and it was just you know not good but but um 
what 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 we're expecting at least hoping but i'm i'm almost expecting it is that we'll get those passports back with visas in them because what are they gonna say like well, they haven't even given you your passports back yet no they're, no, they're, they're still like yeah yeah wow. they're still uh being evaluated yeah so uh yeah i'm just expecting them to actually come back maybe tomorrow or maybe in three weeks from now who knows but right. with, with visas in them and then we're just going to reschedule and do it yeah because the work visa will only be good for x amount of time yeah exactly but then at least we'll we know that it that we'll get it you know and, and then we'll, we've we, we know that there's nothing that legally prevents us from from getting it Right. And, and that's and it's all just bullshit right. because you've probably spent, you know, you spent so much money to get a tour started off the ground, yeah. you know, like you probably had merch right. printed up, you know, you've got, you know, yeah. all the expense flights and, you know, you've probably already booked hotels. It's fucking yeah. a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of work for a lot yeah. of good people that I want to get paid, you know, right. yeah. um, it's, it's, it's not only us in the band, it's, you know, our production team and our management and our booking agent, everyone is working their ass off before the tour. So yeah. And the crew is expecting their income. So it's like, it's, it's, it's fucked, you know, but, but at the same time, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to do it later. We put up a lot of the merch in our merch store. Oh, that's good. Uh, and people have been supportive. Uh, so, so we're, we're getting there, you know, we're, we're covering the, covering the the black financial hole that this could have turned out to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's a lot of people don't understand that when a band goes on tour, it's almost like you're not even really making money until about two thirds of the way through the tour because of the, the startup costs of the tour yeah. are so fucking significant. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, you, you know, it, and it's not, a, it's not a deal where you can, if we would have gotten the passports two weeks into the tour, it would be a logistical fucking nightmare. I would say impossible to even get us there, get us a new bus, right. get a crew. You know, it's it's just not happening. So, yeah, kind of weird. Uh, but I mean, by we we've done this now for twenty five years, and there's been quite a few bumps on the road, and it's not this is certainly not the first one. So it's you know we're not the kind of people that just lay down on the ground and cry when stuff like that happens. We, we just, we, we just, just keep going. go on. Yeah. Forward, you know. Did you guys have a, um, did you guys have a big production this time for the States? Yeah. <sighs> no, I'm excited to see what you, was, you, guys, you, guys always, you guys always bring your fucking a game with the production, man. It's just... yeah. But I think this, this one would have been like the one, you know, yeah. or it will be eventually, but yeah, we, we've been building, yeah, uh, because we always build, our stage set up ourselves okay either back here uh, where we live in in sweden or uh, when we do it in the us we often uh, send over drawings and we we do it together with uh, people from our fan club mm -hmm. which is pretty okay. cool because we have a lot of uh, there's a good community there and we have a lot of like welders and metal workers and like wow. uh, and stuff like that so, so it's it's a, it's a cool setup uh, so now it was built in Atlanta and it's standing there waiting to get picked up. You know, it's, that is, yeah. I think that's really cool that you guys do that, you know, like that you're yeah. working with, within your fan club, within your fan, but you're not hiring some company, but you're like within your fans doing that. Yeah. You know, like, and that, yeah. I, I think in a lot of ways, I, at least I would imagine it, it kind of keeps it more true to what 
your vision would be because they kind of get your vision already right yeah definitely that that's that's one great advantage and and you also have the fact that you get people that they really care about how this stuff turns out you know it's not just a job they the people that we've been working with are fucking they're diehards you know right so, so that's uh as opposed to just hiring like an a I don't know what would be the alternative will be maybe like an effect company or like a production company something like that I mean sure that, that would work but but we, we can do it like this and then there's just no reason not to because it's a cool process too you know it's like we get to know these people and and they're actually they're people we've known for a long time but but it's it's good to have that kind of interaction and really like get hands-on and stuff I think yeah especially yeah, I remember the first time that I saw you guys was uh, we toured together. We did the that Australian festival together. Right. And we were yeah, playing like right next to each other. We were like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I just remember, I mean, I'd heard about you guys for a while, but I mean, I'd always heard the show was great, and I wanted to go check it out. And so I'd stick yeah. around. I'd stick around and then catch the show, and it was just. I mean, especially at that point, you were playing on a huge stage. You just had, yeah. the, and you're in fucking Australia, and like you just yeah. had this gigantic I, I, fucking production. I was like, holy yeah. shit! I, I I still don't know how we did that. I think that <laughs> that that might be like the, the big the black gap we have in our finances. From, <laughs> right. from, still, still paying back from that Australia tour. Uh, but that was great. It, it was actually the first time we did Australia. Weird oh, enough. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and we just ended up on on that festival and with with that bill and what was it like i think it was like you guys us in flames it was plenty kind of god mastodon yeah marilyn manson headline yeah cool as fuck and uh system of a down was on the main stage yeah exactly yeah Yeah, it's huge and I, i yeah exactly the logistics of that thing was just insane like flying because it was a one-day festival, I think. Yes. And it was they just flew it from, like, uh, like uh, what what do they call it? Those uh, those huge arena grounds or something they yes. call it. They yes. It's like just what was it? Sixty thousand visitors every day. Yeah, every day, and it was crazy weather. I remember like one day would be fucking just pouring down rain and just torrential hurricane and then the next day it was like hot and sunny and it was just yeah exactly yeah exactly no but that that was cool that was cool yeah that was yeah exactly that that that, that was of course uh when we met the first time i think yeah and and, um yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah we came in as a pretty I wouldn't say an experienced band. We had been on 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 a lot of tours by then, but but I don't think we were really prepared for you know the size of, of that festival or like the 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 skill level of the people working there or the general level of production. It was pretty high. It was like it was a, it was a good. I thought, dude, I thought you guys delivered. I thought you guys delivered an amazing looking show. You know all the flames yeah, cool. and all the all the you know the tridents on fire and shit. It looked yeah. fucking killer. Yeah. Nobody worked. It, it was just, uh, it was, it was kind of like, it felt a bit like you know, coming in as a bunch of pirates in right. a in a in, in like a army situation or something like, oh, where do we go? What do we do? So many, I mean, there was fucking like seventy bands a day or something. It was crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, was yeah. yeah, exactly. 
that was cool. It was a really cool, cool first experience in Australia for sure. Yeah, we talked, we spoke. I was walking by you guys. I think our dressing rooms were always kind of by each other, and I walked by one day, and you were like, "Cool shirt," and I was wearing a Merciful Fate shirt. Yeah, yeah. So you and I just talked. Yeah, about yeah, yeah, exactly. Merciful, yeah. I like. I fucking worship Merciful Fate. Like, you know, yeah, my fucking life. Like, you know, I, you know, I continue to be inspired by you know, Don't Break the Oath and Melissa and the first yeah, EP, right. Nuns Have No Fun EP. Yeah, it's just something else, you know. And also, it's fun that you mentioned it about band shirts. You know, Merciful Fate is one of those bands. Like, if you always, at least for me, from when I was young. Every time I saw someone in a Merciful Fate shirt, you kind of you kind of knew, you know, right, you kind of right. you guys are right, you know. Right. But it's kind of that band, you know. With with Metallica, you can't be sure. With, when someone has a Metallica shirt, you can't really be sure. With Merciful Fate, you can't be pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Right. Right. What's your um, what's what's your introduction to Merciful Fate? Like, uh, that must have been how old, how uh, old are you? And, you know. It, that must have been in actually in '93 when when King Diamond and Merciful Fate were touring together. Okay, was that '93? I think so. They did a European so, yeah. tour together, and and they also put out that um, a Dangerous Meeting compilation, which has both King Diamond and Merciful Fate on it. Right. And I was a big King Diamond fan already uh, since like Conspiracy, and. Uh, I I didn't really have like a strong relation to Merciful Fate. And then it just, because, you know, this was like a bit, yeah, pre-internet days, obviously. So it's like, it was, it was more uh, loose what, 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 what kind of uh, reach you had in your, in your, even though I was like super, you know, metal had then I, it wasn't, it wasn't as, as obvious now that you would know every, you know, classic band in the same way because you had to search them out a little bit more for yourself somehow, right. you know. Right. So, so, uh, so I think I uh, that must have been with that compilation. It was a pretty cool idea from Roadrunner, I think, to, to put oh, that okay. out. Okay. Like this, uh, uh, and, and that had a that had the Nuns of No Fun tracks, I think, on it. And yeah, I mean, the, some tracks from Don't Break the Oath. Then I just got everything. Uh, at some record shops in Stockholm, you know, we always had a lot of good record shops around around where we lived, so yeah, pretty easy to track down. Um, but yeah, that band, man, and then I saw them uh, once before they quit, and that was at Vakken, I think. Okay, they played as, as the last band that night, and that day had just been insane. It was like one of Cresian's early European uh, shows. I think it was Destruction's reunion show. Oh, wow. Mayhem's festival reunion show. And then it was like Immortal that didn't do much of festival, you know, stuff back then. It was just, it just this crazy day at Wacken and then this pounding of madness. And then I ended up like- Were you just there to visit or were you playing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, you were there we, to check the show out, girl. Yeah, we-, we, we uh, we used to go down to Vakken like the, uh, I think from 90, 98, 99 or 2000. Yeah, thereabouts. Uh, we used to, we used to hop on the train in Stockholm and, okay. and uh, took the train down. It was took, was like a 15 hour trip. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we had two, <clears throat> two bags 
uh, with uh, one bag with uh, our fanzine and one bag with our like demo 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 one bag with, with your like, what you say your fanzine yeah we we oh, we, okay. we did fanzine back then so that was I but not though we didn't really have any money so so the plan was to go down and then sell fanzines in order to be able to buy beers we just had a ticket to the festival and it worked it was fucking yeah i mean that's a hell of a motivation too because it's like if, if you if you don't sell anything then you don't get beer <laughs> no exactly exactly but everyone wanted to buy a fanzine at the metal festival back then you know it wasn't it was not hard to, to sell it but it was a cool it was a good fanzine too yeah yeah like you're promoting it to, you're promoting your band too so that's cool yeah yeah exactly and and we met so much people there you know it, it was pretty small then maybe around ten thousand people or something Oh, okay. And I think a bit more, you know, metal nerds than it is now. Maybe now it's maybe turned into a more like a, a public event of sorts. It's still, of course, metal, but but it's but but then it was like it was hard rockers going there. That, that's it, you know, especially Germans, of course, like the real patch vest traditional ones. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I just remember. What a blast. That sounds like a good time, man. Yeah, just walking through that festival area, like uh, selling magazines and talking to people and seeing great bands. And, yeah, would and then most from faith. Would you guys go with all the corpse paint and all the. Would you like. Yeah, no, no, we, we never used paint outside of, outside of the band like that. But we always. Uh, we always were. Uh, we, we grew up with, with metal in a. In a, in a we, or we were like initiated into this whole thing by people who were very clear about if you listen to metal, you you got to look like a metalhead. There's no there's no middle ground. That was our upbringing here in in Uppsala and Stockholm. That was just the way it was. Mm -hmm. uh, so like it was not an option to go down to go out without a bullet belt, even if you were just going to buy milk at the local <laughs> store. You know, you can, you can totally right. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, so so like that that makes sense when you're 15. But the weird thing is that it's like you don't. I never really grew out of it. Right. I just never. stuck to it, you know. And now it became like I don't know. I think it's so fucking cool to be able to be a part of a music scene where you know everything kind of counts I, I like that a lot but when, when it's like this the, this totality that metal is you know like the artwork the clothes the, the music the kind of a bit of yeah the attitude of course and and just i, I like the i like the totality of it i guess yeah and it, and it feels like a band you know like it look like i love it when a band you know to me like you guys look like a band you know, and yeah. I, I fucking yeah, I know, there and it's like that's a fucking band, like the fucking cool ass yeah. band. You know, like it's I want to see that. There yeah. was a there was a time when music kind of was like, oh, you know, we can look like a gas station attendant, and I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's never gonna be cool. No, but for for us, that's that's been a that's that's been a thing, and and uh, and uh, a natural thing, but a thing, and. and uh, that it, it leads me back actually to Soundwave because I remember we were sitting in the backstage just looking around us and like, who is even in a band here? You know, everyone is just like, they look like just everyone came from the beach and we were sitting there and like for, you know, I don't know how fucking hot it was and just leather. And, you know. but yeah. 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 But, uh, Classic. That's fucking cool. Yeah. 
I want to talk about your uh, your new record, man. Like I gotta say this uh, the the Sermosa song. Am I saying that right? Sermosa? Or, uh, yeah, Sermosa? yeah, exactly. Sermosa. Sermosa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, dude, that song is fucking great. Like it's a really, really, you know, when I was listening to it and, and, you know, maybe I'm, uh, I could totally be interpret just putting my own interpretation on it, but I hear this like Queensryche type of cool. musical <laughs> bed, like a musical foundation, you know, you're singing right. brutal, but like musically I was like, Oh wow. That kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'm, you know, just putting my own take on it, but you know, I, I, uh, I love to hear that. That's pretty fucking cool. I I didn't have Queen Strike in mind, but I definitely see where, where you're coming from. Uh, no, but it's it's definitely a bit of a uh, a bit of a sidestep, which I love. I think those sidesteps are like crucial to maintain interest in creating music. I, I would have a very hard time to be Motorhead. Although it's my favorite band in the world, I just can't see myself just right. keeping on doing exactly the same totally. thing. You know, I, totally. I just, I, yeah. I'm just not like that. Um, but uh, Saramosa is, is definitely, uh, yeah, I don't know, just a, I wouldn't call it an experiment. Really, it's not that like far out, but but if but it definitely has it definitely has work that that it, that that uh, that takes in from from not only battery say you know there's a lot of right, other stuff right. in there for sure yeah. for, for me it has a bit like a, uh almost like a kind of uh maybe that's just me when i wrote it but a bit like a gothic feel to it you know like almost like christian deathish totally weird enough you know like which i, I which i love that kind of stuff uh mm -hmm. christian death feels of the nephilim and, and bowels and stuff like that is really uh yeah, stuff that I've listened to for as long as as the metal stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. but it's that it's cool cool that it comes across uh, different. I, I guess I guess you could call it different if you mention Queen's Reich in a, in a, in a Latin uh, context. I guess we can. It's just it. I don't know. I just yeah. it, it's it's a really cool song. It's a really cool song. Like I just fucking really dug it, and you know, like the vocals. Obviously, the vocals make it very you know Watain and. And it just makes it sound cool. like you guys, but it's, it was a cool, it was kind of a, kind of a cool unexpected curveball. I was like, Oh shit, this is fucking really good. And, uh, so you wrote that you wrote all the music. Yeah. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I usually do that. I usually write like most, uh, most of the, um, original material. And then we, it's, it's a little bit different every time around, but this time we worked a lot as a five-piece unit in the rehearsal room once I had the, the basic song structures ready. And uh, that's a very, uh, I think, rewarding part for me, of course, of the, of the process, you know, to just be able to take something. I compose a lot I, just, on, just on guitar, uh, sometimes on... Uh, uh, on piano but but uh, most of the time just on guitar and just be, being able to take my shitty you know half made demos that i still feel really strongly for you know otherwise i wouldn't even bring them there but but you know to take something that like you just know how 
great it can become. It has to, it has potential, and then you're just like, let's let's give it a try, and it works, and it's just you know the the air in the room kind of shakes almost, you know, it's like yeah. trembling. It's fucking, I, there's nothing, nothing really in the creative process. I think like writing an album that beats those moments. I think when I'm when a song comes together like that with with a whole ensemble. I love that you're still. Uh you know, actually getting together as a band and jamming. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's kind of a lost uh, thing in bands oh, nowadays. Right. You know, like everybody records their thing, emails it to the one guy, he might add his thing on it, and then he sends it to the next guy. And it's like, yeah, I think that somewhere, somewhere along the line, man, like shit just gets lost. Like there's something lost in that. Like there's something about. It's definitely, it's definitely a different way of doing it. It's yeah. definitely a different approach uh, to work a lot together as opposed to sending files to each other. I guess both ways are have merits, but 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 for us it, it was like a no brainer. But but that also has to do a lot with um, one of the things we did during COVID was that we uh, we kind of uh, moved the whole band a bit closer to each other to a closer vicinity of each other so we, we now live like some of us live just like a few minutes from each other's houses oh, out awesome. in the woods uh so that's uh that of course makes for yeah just a lot more interaction and a lot more like brainstorming and a lot of yeah just actually a lot of just meeting and talking and raising right. hell together you know which is something that i guess a lot a lot of bands might have right uh, well missed a bit i guess when they haven't been on tour and and so on right so so that was cool and and then kind of taken from that situation into uh the rehearsal room the, the step is is pretty natural we just like yeah well what do we do tomorrow we rehearse yeah great right yes. You guys are i mean you guys didn't have i think as harsh as a lockdown as we did here so it's cool to hear that you guys were able to get together and rehearse and jam. Yeah, I mean, you it was way in worse. Stockholm? You're all in Stockholm now? No, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's way worse. Stockholm was way worse. We live in the woods. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're hillbillies. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Swedish No, but we live in the woods, in houses in the woods. Yeah. So um, it's different out here, of course. You know, you don't, when I open my front door i see woods mm -hmm. no people right it's pretty great yeah um but so, so so that was that was a major factor uh in in terms of like being able to meet and ha hang out and just you know if, if we would have all lived in 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 the city it would have been a different scenario but then again you're right i mean it was that the lockdown situation was way more uh, chill i suppose here in sweden as compared to the u.s absolutely yeah yeah i had friends in the u.s who were stuck man like stuck especially in new york i think yeah uh, right. a lot of yeah. people with, like... yeah i you know it's funny because i never realized how much of a hermit I am until the whole world went on lockdown. <laughs> like my, my life didn't really change that much. I was like, yeah. I come to the fucking studio, you know, and I yeah. fucking go back home. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You've been working in the studio a lot during the. Yeah, well, well, this is my studio where I'm at right now. So I just, I've just come here. Like, I'm just always here anyway. And I don't, you yeah. know, 
I guess I don't do that much. I kind of live, I live about a half an hour east of here. So it is more rural where I live. It's not yeah. the wood, it's not the woods, but it's definitely more rural. And so, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, it was, it, it wasn't that bad. You know, I, I don't know. If, and you know, maybe this was the same for you. I, I mean, for me, it was kind of a, it was a little bit of a nice reset. You know what I mean? Like I've, I hear you. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never gone on hiatus. I've never taken a breath. Like since I'm 19, you know, for 30 plus years, I've been on tour or making a record or on tour or making a record. And it's like, even if it was just this like little forced reset, like I was like, Whoa, like this is kind of, this is kind of cool. You know, just yeah. to. No, uh, I hear you. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, uh, I, uh, I I think apart from not, I mean, I can't even say I missed the traveling or the actual touring part, but I'm, it was definitely something weird with not, with just taking away the whole being on stage part of your life, you know, right. that's, that's just not there anymore. But I, I, the first thing that happened was that I kind of lost my voice a little bit. You know, I, I got like a sore throat from not singing. I from think. not singing? Oh, yeah, shit. I think so. You know, right. because I've been using the voice in a pretty extreme way for such a long time with frequent intervals. And then all of a sudden it just stops. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was because of that, but it it felt like it, you know. And then when we got back to rehearsing and I started singing, it was, it, it came back. Oh, good. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> you're just but, like, uh, you're like I don't lose my voice on tour. I lose my voice when I'm off tour. Yeah, exactly. How, how weird is that? But uh, no, I I, uh, I enjoyed it. We all enjoyed it, and and it came in a uh, it it came on a, on a good time for us, you know, planning wise and everything. We had we had to cancel three shows, and I mean, I know bands that had to cancel three entire tours. So right. so yeah. So we, I consider us pretty blessed. You were, you were basically at the end of an album cycle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, we were, we were about. To, I, I had already started to gone into this, you know, like tunnel vision mindset um, time periods already before the pandemic, just to like get get ready to to fucking write and and to dig into the creative side of things you know yeah uh, so, so, so it was good timing like that but of course it got a bit uh, prolonged but hey i mean how i don't think i've ever yeah maybe our first record or um, maybe our second we wrote without any kind of time frame but you know this 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 one now was the first one since then i guess that we that right. we could actually just take our time until like we're done Let's go to the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's killer. I mean, it's yeah. like you kind of, it's, it's strange. Cause you go, you, you write your first record and you've got your whole life to write your first record and then you get yeah. signed yeah. And, and then, and then you can, you can fine tune your first record because you're performing it live to people. You're, you know, you're seeing the kind of live reaction from crowds and you're going, ah, like maybe I'll change this or like, ah, I didn't, you know, maybe this is too long. Like I want to see the crowd go crazier and then you get signed and then you can't do that anymore because the record company doesn't want you to perform your song in front of a crowd because then it's like, you're yeah. giving away whatever. 
and then and you have less time probably than you ever had in your first record to write everything yeah. after that and it's yeah. like you know it sounds like you guys really had the ability to kind of reconnect with that kind of original <laughs> spirit yeah i think so i mean we, okay uh, i gotta say that we we have always kind of made sure that when it was time to wrap up an album cycle and start writing we always at least tried to make sure that we had you know proper time and we have also uh we have always taken like three years minimum between albums uh just to i take a lot of time with the lyrics i don't i can't rush that shit and, and but you're including you're including touring in that right yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and yeah. you guys still tour for like at least a year sometimes yeah we do we, yeah we, we we've been touring a lot since since like at least 15 years back so so it's so it's uh nobody it was really it was great to just be able to especially you know first because i i i moved out here to where we live now from uh yeah a bit closer to the city so first of all, just making that move, getting the place into something where I felt that I could create and then just go for it, you know, in a new place, a new environment, an inspiring environment with good, with good people around us out here, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was. I would say that it was one of the more ideal circumstances for writing an album, you know, both like, mentally but also where it happened um that was that was great when you say you take a long time to write lyrics is that because you're do you do you revise lyrics a lot like where you write a pass and then you try it out and you're like ah, i don't know if this works i'm gonna try something else like do you do a lot of revise revisions uh or is it just or is it just more like trying to find the concept yeah, I think it's th that's the part that takes the more time. I, I think I'm once once I've got once I have the whole thing finished and there's music to it. Uh, that's usually when the what did you call it revision or is that is that yeah, revision is the yeah. word yeah, exactly that that's usually when that happens and it's usually just small words here and there but but you you probably know as well as me that just changing one little word in one verse means that fuck no that doesn't right right you know, so it's, it's a it's a puzzle and it's also like a very organic thing for, for me i really like to work with it that's a kind of like a uh spiritual vomiting or something you know like i really try to i really try to have these lyrics charged with 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 meaning and with with fucking power you know i yeah. i i don't fuck around with that so so, so um uh, i uh i i really like it but i take i take a lot of time writing and and i i really respect that craftsmanship of, of, a, of a good lyric you know i've always been a a fan of, of a great lyric but uh, i mean not not only metal but but uh just good lyricists in general are are really like inspirational to me you ever do you ever listen to uh you know you mentioned a few bands like christian death and bauhaus did you ever go down the cure did you ever get into the cure uh i 
tried because I have a lot of friends uh, with very decent music tastes that uh, that keeps on recommending pornography and saying that it's such <laughs> a brilliant dark album, but I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't. Okay. I don't get it. But 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 I have. I think I, I got introduced to them the wrong way. I, I I got introduced to them by some really fucking shitty people when I was like 13, 14, you know, people okay. that just gave the band a bit of a bad name. I don't, I don't want to get into it, but it's just, it's you know how it can be like that sometimes. It's just like the, the wrong people, like the wrong kind of band, and then you're just like, ah, fuck it, I'll listen to something else. And then you grew up and it kind of sticks, right. <laughs> sticks okay. with you. I don't know. Okay. But no, I, I never got into that. What, you're a fan? I, yeah, I love The Cure. I mean, as far as like gothy stuff, I mean, I got into Christian Death and and to some degree Bauhaus, but I just kind of went more down The Cure. I, You know, my starting point for them, I, w- I, I wouldn't have recommended pornography for your starting point. That's, right. I would have recommended Disintegration because it's yeah. just more like, it's slower, it's a lot less poppy, you know, more yeah. depressing. Like, I'm just, I'm like, I love that depressing Cure. Like, 17 Seconds is like just a really dark, depressing it's yeah, just, right. it's like claustrophobic it's and that's that's to me that era and then there's like pornography or head on the door where it's like really poppy like beep beep beep, 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 beep you know like yeah, it's, i like, can't take that, that, that I, mean, I, I i listen to a lot of uh melodic music and a lot of you know 80s music and a lot of 70s music and and uh but it's it's something when it's uh I don't know. Then it's a Robert Smith. I, yeah, I don't. But, but yeah, I, I, I might. Uh, I, I might not have given up entirely on it yet. Yeah. I, might, I might give. I tell you what, though, too. Like the, he's got some killer guitar tones, man. Like yeah, you know, not not just the lyrics, not just the songs, but like he adds in all these really lush, clean guitar tones. Like yeah. a lot of times, like when I make a guitar tone in my head, I'm like, oh, I want it to sound like The Cure. You know, yeah. That, really crystal clear you know just cool little lines and you know like i think he's very underrated as a as a you know he's not a he's not a shredder guitar player you know like he's sure sure but he just adds these textures and these cool melodies that really just color the song in this rad way you know so that's cool no but i i I bet i mean like i said i mean there's there's so many people with music tastes that i consider really good that love that band so so it's it's just it's just it's just it's one of those things you know that i somehow i never just got i mean into. the song they wrote on i got i don't know if this surprises you or not but this is your biggest song on spotify yeah i know really you know weird. like it's 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 a really I don't know if that song was a single or if it was like pushed on playlists or something or like you know sometimes songs just organically take off and it's like yeah. It's is that does that just trip you out that that song of all the, all of your songs is like your number one song on Spotify? I don't really know what to think of it. I think it's kind of amusing in a way. I mean, it's an awesome song, dude. Like it's like fucking really, you know, eight minutes long, all clean vocals or mostly clean vocals, like a lot of killer clean tones. You know, just not the expected. It's it wasn't. I expected to be number one. I can tell you that. Yeah. Now, the thing was, and and that's that's maybe where I get a bit skeptical about that that placement on Spotify. Is just when that album came out. There was not one interview where we didn't talk about that song. You know, everyone was like, "What's the deal with this uh, 
uh, with these acoustics, I don't know, or, or this ballad, they called it. And, and well, you know, and I, I was happy to talk about it. And I knew that I was going to have to talk about it a lot, you know, and I was, I was cool with that. But there was also that album that it was on, The Wild Hunt. Yep. That's a massive album with so much, like, th- there's a lot going on on that album that I was also very interested in talking about, but that kind of got overshadowed by the, by this one song. So in, in hindsight, maybe I don't, I don't regret it putting it on the album, but I regret that it got so that much attention because it, it's a bit like misleading to have it up there as, you know, the most popular song. I think the reason is just that people got curious, like, well, what's this, you know, extreme black metal band doing with a, with a ballad? I got to hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, that's like, I'm not saying it's not a valid reason to listen to it, but it's like, you know, it's not, it's not that representative of the rest of your music. No, I definitely listen, but I mean, it's like, you know, but it, it's cool. I'm, it's, it's good that people listen to it. It's that's, that's a song that contains a lot of <clears throat> myself and, and I really like, uh, I'm really proud of the lyrics for that song. I, I, I worked a lot on those lyrics uh, I was maybe a, a bit young as a musician when I when I wrote the music, but but I do I, I'm I'm I like that song still a lot, you know. But but uh, I I would be I would be better off with having it as maybe the fifth song on that list, right. you know. Instead, what would, of if you but, could if you could pick the number one song on Spotify, you know, like just like hey, I mean, this is this is your introduction to Watain. This yeah. is the fucking song you should listen to. What yeah, would, exactly. What would exactly. it be? What would it be though? Um, I think off the top of my head, just fast because I can think about this for a long time. Uh, probably Reaping Death. Okay. Uh, either Reaping Death uh, or, or actually, it, okay, now it's been a lot on my head lately, but this other single track that we released for the new album called The Howling. Yes. Which, which, which is another second track on the record. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's kind of, uh, right now it feels like a very good uh, representation of, of where the band is at, at least, but but also historically, actually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like just quick from the top of my head, I one of those two songs. Uh, right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, tr- it's kind of trippy how like Spotify will just, you know, one day you look at it and you're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> where, where did that Yeah. Go? Yeah, I still haven't wrapped my head around that that music listening format yet. I think uh, I, I know how to. I know how we how Vatain is in, in, integrated in it, uh, like uh, work wise. But I I have, I have not really wrapped my head around how to use it myself. I think it's so. You know, if so, if if I'm at a, uh, if I'm at a friend's place and we're listening to music and someone just hands me a phone and say put something on on spotify i get like that that's that's pretty hard. that's hard i think i think it's way easier to stand in front of a record collection and look like this and like fuck that's great you know okay okay yeah and i like to have the i don't i don't have all the albums in the world up here i i want to i like to I think I get. I like looking at album covers and and get a and get like inspired to hear the album because of that. I think that's just the way I 
grew up, I suppose. If you so. if you're if you're at a if you're hanging out at a friend and you, it's like a Friday night and you guys are gonna get drunk and hammered and you know just yeah. rage and hang, what's your what's your go to album that you'll play? Not a not a Watain record, but a, a, just like any record. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely something by Motorhead. Okay, I would say, I would say. I would say maybe the first actually depends a little bit on what kind of evening it is, but either that or, or iron fist, I think. Or what? Uh, or iron fist? Or iron fist. Yeah. Okay. Cause okay. they're just, uh, they're really good drinking and hell racing music, I think, but there's a lot of that in my, in my record collection in general. I think that's cool with, uh, out where we live, we have, uh, all of us have like, a bar at their house, you know, because we live in, in, in houses there, you can actually have property out here without being a, a millionaire. So we have like bars, I mean, like bars? a pub, no, a b- bar, like a pub. Oh, bar, right, right, bar, right. That, that we built ourselves at our okay. houses. So we can like bar up between each other's okay. places. So, so there's, a, there's been quite a lot of that going on the past two years. And, uh, and, uh, a lot of listening to music, of course, yeah, and uh, a lot of Motorhead, but uh, but but also, um, I don't know. It, it just it, it usually escalates in the night to like that we end up listening to Angel Corpse in uh, at at six in the morning. You right. Know? But we begin we begin around Motorhead and dismember demos <laughs> and then yeah, dismember yeah, demos. definitely. <laughs> No, what, about, what if there's a what if there's a late what if it says you and a lady though like you and you know you and a girl and you want to get her yeah is it still uh, motorhead <laughs> yeah i mean i i i live with with my fiance sarah uh for eight years now and we she's uh she's at least as passionate about music as i am <clears throat> when we put our record collections together it was one of those like mightiest things that have ever happened record collection wise because she comes more from like punk and uh and uh like a garage rock kind of but we also have we have the metal thing together of course but but uh yeah so we listen to a lot of music together i don't know if that if it's that different from from what i listen to with a guy but uh uh but you know just just at home we listen to uh Fuck, well, it's so much weird shit. Right, like, right. yeah, like Swedish fifties music. Just oh, okay, okay. Songwriters and a lot of country. Uh, a lot of like American country or Swedish country. Yeah, a lot of American country. Okay. We, actually, a bunch of new new stuff as well. What's his name? This guy with the mask. Yeah, or is it Orville, oh, Orville Peck. Peck? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Listen a lot to that and. I don't know. I mean, I like first aid kit and shit like that. You know, the what Swedish band. Do you know them? It's a, it's a Swedish band. It's a Swedish band called First Aid Kit. Okay. Never they're, they're they're huge over here. They're, it's two uh, uh, two girls or, or two women women who are who are just two sisters who are uh, writing this kind of modern country, I would say. But they're oh, okay. just check out the song uh, called The Wolf. Okay, first aid kit, yeah. the wolf. Yeah, okay. but that's that, that, that's uh, to just to to mention an example. That's like maybe the diametrical opposite of Angel Corpse. Yeah. Right. Like the furthest away I'll get from that, in, in as far as music taste goes. 
Crank, congratulations on uh, getting engaged. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not engaged. Is that what's fiance? Is that does that imply you're engaged? Yeah. Like that means you're about to be married. Oh shit! Yeah, we probably are. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, or your girlfriend. Yeah. Now, well, I'm I'm really glad to uh, to be living with someone that uh, is also an artist. I think that that is also like a very that that's a thing that has kept this band. Uh, uh a bit focused that we've always surrounded us with people close to us that are not only supportive but also like that are able to relate to what we do like to not living a, a normal life i think that's something that i've seen happen to a lot of bands when people get a little bit older that family life can often get in the way, but also relationships can get in the way. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that 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 has been like one of the major factors, you know, that oh, yeah. there's been like, like-minded people around us close to us that, that has been able to like put up with our shit and maybe even contribute to it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's killer. Good for you, man. Yeah. 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 What's what? your situation? What What's your living uh, situation? Do you live in a house or? Yep, I live in a house. Yeah. And uh, me and my wife and my kids. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And she's, uh, we've been together for a really long time. So All right. she totally gets the whole, like, I'm an artist and, you know. You're fucking weird, yeah. and you're up all yeah. you're up all hours of the night, and you fucking, you know, like I wake yeah. up at like three a.m. every night. I just get up and do some work and go back to bed at like five, and you know, like she's, she's, yeah. she gets it. She's just like whatever, just handle your shit, and right, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Stay the fuck out of my way and handle your yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it works. You know, like it works. You know, and I think after all this time, she gets it. You know, she's she does that. Uh, she does hair so to some degree it's like she gets the artistic yeah, exactly. side of it you know because it takes you know exactly. some artistic side to do that yeah so. no, but i think any any kind of artistic connection point that you can have in a in a relationship like that is, is probably pretty valuable i i'd say at least i think i think so yeah and my kids my oldest kid if he wanted to could probably be like an awesome singer like he's got perfect pitch and like he can sing along to any song that comes up like on you know when we play music he can sing along and it's fucking perfect like it's crazy but he just has no interest in doing it at all and yeah my youngest he's uh he plays cello and he's really into oh shit it. Like, he's really really into it and uh what at what age is he he's 15 but he's been playing it for you know he's been playing it for probably five or six years now and he's just super you know it's and it's such a cool like sometimes he'll just sit there and play for like two hours by himself and it's just yeah. such a cool sound to hear in your house like it's so dark and yeah. just you know i love i love the show did you ever bring him over to the studio to like try recording stuff or i have yeah i've tried to, i've actually done some i've actually jammed with him like i've done a couple of live yeah. streams with him like him and i just i played acoustic and he played and all right cool uh, it was really awesome you know and he's he's into it he doesn't i don't i've tried to get him to record it he doesn't really care he'd rather jam right you know, like he doesn't really care about the recording thing of it you know and i'm like yeah yeah, like, I'm yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to do i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah weird yeah. Oh, that's cool 
Yeah, it's good shit, you know. And I, you know, we're getting ready. We're gearing up now. We're getting ready to like go back on the road, and we're getting ready to drop a record. So it's like you know, this kind of peaceful pandemic break is coming to an end, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm kind of ready for it to come to, and I'm ready to get back out there. And you know. I, I was, I was really. Uh, ambivalent, I guess is the word, when we were about to take off from this US tour that now got cancelled, I was like, one side of me was like dying to do it, you know, mm -hmm. the other side of me was like, well, I could use another year <laughs> just, you know, right. we're working on things now, but it's it's been uh, it's been a, a very um, it's such a it's such an extreme thing to to be away from, or it's it's such like a what do you say? Like it's such a poignant thing. It's such a touring. It's not it's not just a thing you do. It's it's a fucking it's a strange job. Yeah. You know? It's a strange thing, and and uh, I would be I, I was sure that I wasn't gonna be all you know ready for it whenever it was going to happen again i was sure that it was going to feel a bit like how, how, how do we do this you know because it's when, when you have it i i find at least when you have it like a frequent thing in your life you even though it doesn't really create any at least not for me any like real uh frequent patterns of living at least it contributes with some kind of like okay here's the tour here's the time off, here's the festivals, here's the right. tour. I mean, you at least have that routine, like a routine. Yeah, exactly. The, the routine, exactly. But, uh, but, uh, it's been very cool to break away from that. And like, I don't know, just get, get to, get to know yourself a bit more. I think, yeah. I think that that's been my, my main thing, you know, get a bit like, get a bit grounded and get a bit you know have time to like figure out how to you know lose some dead weight and how to just you know get rid of a few bullshit things that you don't need anymore and then you know have, actually have time for that has been really valuable i feel like the backpack is a bit lighter now. right the backpack is a bit lighter yeah, yeah. Well, when it's time to i mean it, it, it's and touring can be like touring can be kind of exhausting too you know like you've put a lot you know bands like yourselves and us we put a lot into the live show you know it's a yeah. very physical live show yeah. and it's and then you jump on and then you fucking party after and then you jump on your bus and you bounce down the road and you never really get to sleep until he's the bus stops and then you wake up and do it all over again for fucking months and months and months and months on time and like it is it's it's the highest high because the fucking when the show's amazing like it's the fucking you know it's better than an orgasm right but but then it's like fucking you know mentally and physically exhausting at the yeah. same time I think that was a little bit the uh, one of the angles with the with the album title that we have for the new album, "The Agony and Ecstasy of Attain." That there's always these two things present when you're in. Uh, well, at least I can only speak for myself. In Attain, those two things are always present, and just like you were saying, you know, you have this one side that is the struggle, the work, the toil, the fucking the hardships uh 
and on the other hand you have things that are you know magical and fucking transcendental almost and uh that's uh that's the beauty of it i think i think i think the friction between those two uh, like emotional poles on the spectrum of, of emotions that we work with the friction that, that happens between those is like that's I, I i look at that a bit as the the charge the the, the, the magical charge you know that that appears when, when those two things are kind of like you know against each other up here and and everywhere around you you know yeah uh, but but of course the the title doesn't just refer to to that to touring. But I th- I thought about it when you put it like that. It's definitely the touring. Uh, t- touring definitely has those two sides to it. You know, like this pay, heaven and hell. You know? Hey there, responsible adults over the age of twenty one living in states where Delta Eight is legal. Want to get high? Want to get really high? I mean, like, really super-duper legally high? Well then, now's the time to go to YoDelta.com where you can stock up on high-quality, lab-tested Delta 8. If you are over the age of 21 and living in the majority of states where this is legal, go to YoDelta.com and stock up on Delta 8. What is Delta 8? The fuck is Delta 8, Rob Flynn? I'll tell you. It's found in hemp and can be legally shipped to various states and get you high. At YoDelta.com, you can find a mix of gummies and vapes for all your getting stoned needs. I can tell you that Delta 8 works and that these products should be taken responsibly. So once more, that's YoDelta.com, the official Delta 8 sponsor of the Gas Digital Network. And if you use promo code GAS... You're going to get 25% off. Once more, that's promo code GAS, 25% off. Yo Delta, home of the Delta 8, or that will get you super high. Yeah. And you guys have a very, um, you know, I mean, any any of your fans, anybody who doesn't, has never seen Watain or doesn't know anything about Watain, if you didn't know this, you know, you have like a, you pour real blood on yourselves before you go on stage. You're fucking gig clothes reek <laughs> like you're fuck, like i i gotta give you props just for putting on those goddamn clothes every fucking day because it yeah, is i've been around them and i can tell you for a fact it is a foul fucking stench that you right. put on but yeah. that's part of your you know what gets your you know into your headspace and your spirituality or whatever it is yeah. and tell, tell me about that though like you know when did that whole thing start and you know, I mean, like the, I think the, I saw you guys with Behemoth, and you had just like dead roadkill on the back of your, hanging yeah. from the back of your fucking vest, and I was yeah. like, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I mean, we, we, uh, we, lo- we look upon the, the concerts as concerts, of course, and we look upon the tours as tours, and we just like our favorite bands have done before us. But we also have this other angle uh, where we look upon the concert as a kind of a uh, shamanistic experience almost, you know, where where you are as an artist a bit, some, some something of a like, uh, what's the word? Like intermediary, is that a word? Mm-hmm. Uh, like someone who like, in, who like mediates between uh, the material world and and the spiritual world, and uh, 
th this is uh, for me. Uh, of course, it's a personal thing. It has to do with the fact that I believe that there is a spiritual world, and I believe that human beings are embodied spirits. Uh, but, but, but it's, but, but taken into like the, the, the public arena, I don't really see it as as a personal thing. I just see it as a very a very inspirational way of looking at performing, you know. I, I uh, for, for me, like seeing a great band on the stage has always been a bit more than just watching a great band on a stage. It's always been like when, when it really hits you, it's like it's something else, uh, something absolutely. else, you know. It's absolutely. Like, and, and I, since we started this band, I think I've been really curious about that the format of the live experience you know because it has so many uh, it, it has so many ties to the idea of like a ceremony for example or, or a, 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 that common experience which is at best you know ecstatic and like you know when, when a lot of people experience one thing at the same time it, it, it's there's there's a lot there to 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 uh, discover and and to explore and to and to to work with i think and when you do that the, the way we do it from a like intentionally spiritual perspective you can you can take that pretty far and and you can there, there's a lot to uh there's a lot to work with and i i uh i guess it's one of the things that that really made me not tired of performing live because it's such a i still see it as like a a really a really big thing for me to 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 do it from that yeah to, to do it with like a spiritual approach so so uh, with all that in mind the stage clothes uh, are um and and the smell uh, of, of the stage clothes and the blood and so on it, it, it's all there for various reasons, but I think that an overall reason that that, that is true about, about about all this is that um, it's it awakes something savage and and primal in you. You know, it's like it's you become like you, you, you can you can maybe relate to how how uh, people out in the wild felt when they were you know pouring their the sacrificial blood over them. 10,000 years ago by right. a fire, you know? Right. And, and I think it's, it's also like how often, as, as, a, as a member of the audience, how often do you see something like that in life, in, 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 in your whole life being like 70 years old, how long, or 80 or 90, however old people become, how often do you stand in front of someone who is drenched in blood and there's loud music and there is fire and there's this stench of, of death and there's all of these things at the same time it doesn't happen that often you know so it's a it's a total sensory experience in a right. lot of ways you know right. you guys yeah. also burn candles right or do you burn incense also like so I mean, there's other smells on there too exactly yeah there's yeah. we usually burn quite specific incense and and uh and we we in Europe we are very uh, we we always have quite a lot of fire yes uh, on stage um, which is something that I 
really miss when we are touring the stage yeah. states but, but but it's 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 what it is it's it's the great white uh, story you know yeah uh, that, that most people refer to which right. is like fair enough but but uh but uh but still it's it's uh it's something else but, but i like that challenge too to play without the fire because because and i like actually playing without a lot of these things as well you know because you also got to be able to deliver without any of it you know you got to make sure that in the end you're fucking ramones right or the fucking misfits and you you should be able to do it with just your instruments right but then you build on that you know with all these with all these uh, other things and uh, I, I i i it's it's still a, a really it can be a really strong experience for me still how how, how do you feel about uh, playing live still does it change a lot for you over the years to like stand in front of a stage and or stand on the stage in front of people and sing or no i mean it hasn't i still uh I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, you know, in the sense, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cover, I would enjoy covering myself and I just don't, that's just not our trip, but I, I definitely know what you're talking about when, you know, there, sometimes there's just a point in a show where you just, there's a connection that happens and I, you can't, you can't, it's, you can't see it. You can't, but you can feel it. There's like a fucking electricity in the air and like you and the audience become one. And it's like, that's why I do this. That's a hundred percent why I do this. You know, I do it to, I do that to, to do this, to feel that connection. You yeah. Know, like I need this connection. You know, we stopped doing, uh, I stopped doing festivals. You know, we haven't done festivals for 10 years now because I, I just got sick of it. I got, I didn't feel that connection anymore with people. Right. Like we could make, we could make them rock. I could make them jump and a and fucking circle pit and, right. you know, but it just felt very, um, it felt very empty. You know, it felt very, yeah. you know, it was just a bunch of looky loose. Like a lot of just people there to like, look, Oh, who's this? Oh, who's this? You know? And then it starts raining and everybody runs away. And I'm like, fuck this shit. Yeah. You know, like, I'm just like, I don't, this isn't why I do, I, you know, even if I'm not playing to 40,000 people, if I can play to 4,000 people or even 400 people, yeah. if, if there's that connection, that right. fucking magical, inexplicable, just what happens between an audience and a band, like, that's all I need. That's, that's, that's why I do this. You know, I started out playing thrash metal, you know, right. I started out playing, you know, in fucking tiny clubs watching Metallica and Exodus also play in, you know, the first time I saw Metallica, they were opening for Raven in front of 250 people. Like that's why I started this, you know, yeah. it was never, it was never to play, you know, in the pouring rain to 70,000 people, <laughs> like at a, at some festival, like, you know, like it was just a whole other thing. And so for me, um, you know, as long as that connection's there and, you know, if it does go up to 40,000 people and I still feel that connection, great, you know, but if it doesn't like to me, yeah. it's that, uh, I don't know, man. Like it's, it, it, it's, it's like a fucking drug for me. Like it's something that I fucking hunt for when we're on the road. I want to feel that feeling right. over and over and over again, like that crazy fucking just, yeah. You know, people singing and losing their minds. And, and, you know, like to me, so much of it is about, it's about watching 
it's, it's not even necessarily about me and how I feel. It's about watching the audience just not give a fuck and just fucking lose their mind and get lost in the fucking music and get lost in the fucking moment and, and, and all that. That's to me, the shit that gets me off, you know, like when they just, when you can just see people's fucking eyes roll in the back of their head and they're just like, so fucking into it. Like that to me is what it's all about. Yeah. It's cool. What you, what you say also about the not doing the festivals. That's kind of a radical decision though for a, for a band your size it's like no fuck it we don't do it it. it was a tough decision you know it's a fucking lot of money from those festivals you know and you know there may there may come a time when we do it again but for 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 the time for the last 10 years i just had to step away from it like i couldn't fucking do it anymore yeah and you know we played smaller shows but we still did great numbers and we still and people had fucking amazing an amazing time and yeah, yeah. It was well, festivals are weird, definitely. It's it's a it's a different thing altogether in many ways. But yeah. I, I sometimes they're I, great. Sometimes yeah, they're great. I I, well, I think I like what I think I like about it is that it's usually this uh on a lot of the festivals that we do here in Europe, we all, we it's you really get this like a wolf among sheep feeling when we when we get in there with all our stuff and it's like you feel that it's it's good for us because it's a kind of a receipt of that we're doing something a bit different than a lot of the other bands that we're playing with and that's that can be like boosting for the morale i think is the war term (laughs) but but, uh, yeah but exactly and and i and we but but i i think i like it the most when we do festivals that are not even metal festivals oh yeah you know like we did roskilde festival in denmark i'm sure you've done that one yep Mm -hmm. yeah and very eclectic bill very eclectic bill yeah and i mean i think the headliner then was nick cave and Lana Del Rey, I think, was right, right, right. And and uh, and it it was a first of all, it was a great feeling to stand on the side watching Nick Cave's whole set, and then to go over to our tent with that whole experience in mind, which was like already, you know, a bit too much to handle. Right. And then take the stage clothes on and do our thing, and it it it, it you could feel how different our shit was from, from everything else around it. And I, I thrive a bit on that feeling. I think it's, a, it's, it's it can be pretty healthy to, to experience that from time to time that you're like, you're a bit alone in this context with what you're doing. And, and right. I, th- I think it was, that, that those experiences have been pretty, pretty good, you know, did but Nick then, come over and watch you guys? No, I don't no. think, no, I don't think so. We, uh, no, we played. We played like at three o'clock in the morning, also something. Oh like shit! That. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what's Um But when no. Did, last yeah. when we did Roskilde, it was uh, it was uh, our state. Our stage was Machine Head, and then Willie Nelson. <laughs> oh, there you go. Willie Nelson and Willie Nelson watched us, and I was like, I kept yeah. on looking over at the side of the stage. I'm like, holy shit, Willie Nelson's watching that. This is crazy. You know? How was that after party? Good. You know what? I tell you what, man, Willie Nelson still fucking parties. 
Like yeah, he, still fucking, he fucking invited us on his bus. That motherfucker smoked so much fucking. He did not stop smoking weed the entire time oh, we were on there. Oh, we were yeah. like fucking hell or hash. I should say yeah. we were like the hash and the weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was good. And he was a cool motherfucker. Like he was super cool. He's like, he's like, you want some advice? I was like, of course. Yeah. Advice from Willie Nelson. Yeah. You've been doing this way longer than I have. Yeah. He's like, you got to hug the fat ones and you got to kiss the ugly ones. <laughs> and he was talking about, he was talking about girls. He's just like, you got to hug the fat ones and kiss the ugly ones. Cause that's, who, that's who's buying your records, son. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, all so right. That's how he's been getting around. Yeah. 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 Okay. He was like, don't worry about all the, he's like, don't worry about all those good looking girls. <laughs> don't, yeah, all right. Just ignore them. <laughs> that's a new tactic. Right. Yeah. Shit. It was pretty funny. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no he was he was a cool dude you know what was crazy you said about Roskilda um that was also uh, this wasn't the last time we played uh Roskilda the last time we played I can't remember who played um but uh it was the it was that crazy um Pearl Jam Roskilde. oh shit. yeah exactly when where they all, had those, like, uh, where all the people died yeah, exactly. Fuck. When was that? In the nineties, must have been. It was two thousand, late, late, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, okay. I tell you what, man. Like, I saw. I, I was. I was watching. I love Pearl Jam, and uh, I went and watched that Pearl Jam show. And okay, it, was, exactly. it was Pearl Jam and The Cure. I'd never seen the. I still to this day, I've never seen The Cure, even though I loved as much oh, as I okay. loved, just never, just missed it my whole life. And that was the first time I'm going to get to see The Cure. And I'm watching Pearl Jam. I love Pearl Jam. I've been seeing Pearl Jam since they were playing clubs. and. Since. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, cool. And uh, God, dude, I'll fucking never forget it. Like, just, it was pouring fucking rain. Like, just everywhere. Mud, two feet of mud everywhere. Because it was, what, I guess it was the main stage yep, outside. They were on the main stage yeah. yep, outside. And, uh, and, you know, everybody was jumping, you know, and... And, you know, that wasn't, that's not an unusual thing at a festival, but I guess what was happening is that, like, in front of the stage, I guess there used to be, like, a little bit of a slant. And so yeah. if you were jumping, you were kind of jumping like this always, right? Like, yeah. you couldn't really say. And so I guess what happened is people started slipping the mud, you know, slipping, and then people were jumping on them, like, while they were pogoing. And, uh, and I was in the back. I couldn't really see all that, but I just remember, um, oh, it was fucking horrible. But uh, I just remember, like, you know, Eddie Vedder, like, hey, stop. Like, everybody, please, you know, take three steps back. And, you know, I guess there's been an injury and, like, we're trying to figure out what's going on. And, and uh, you know, stop the show and just, like, trying to get everybody to, you know, please take, you know, just promoter comes out, says it in, in, in uh, Danish and talking and fucking. And then they just, I, I don't know why, but the camera fucking showed, like, them pulling the bodies out like the on the okay. jumbo on the jumbo screen and i don't think they were like you know they were just showing the crowd but it, you could just yeah or maybe just to make people understand what was right. going on yeah, exactly. right yeah something bad was happening so you know and then they just do they cut to eddie vetter and i gotta yeah. say i'll never i'll never forget this as long as i live like just eddie vetter just crying and it just it went on for 
you know, it probably wasn't even that long, but it just, it was like a scene in a Quentin Tarantino movie that just goes on for too long. And you're just like, holy shit. And like, you knew, like at that point you knew like something. And then they came on the announce and they were like, all these people had died. And we were like, holy shit. It was just the fucking, it was a wild. What a fucking way to go, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like not a good, not a, yeah, that's a terrible way to go. I mean, maybe it's a good way to go. You know, I don't know. Like, you, you're watching one of your favorite bands, and I mean, Sounds there's, like there's worse ways to fucking go. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. You got a point. You know, like, but still, I don't know. I don't know if I'd sign up for it any day soon, though. But yeah, yeah, that's 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 fucked. Um, the uh, there was something like that happening to Hole, I guess, a few years after. Also, at Roskilde, I think. Oh, okay. Before I don't know, yeah, but there's been on there's been shit like that going on, I guess, every now and then. It's like, how do you control 40,000 people? How do you right. make that happen? Right? So, yeah. Do you guys have European stuff lined up coming up? Yes, we do. Have, we have that uh, completely insane uh, Hellfest. Uh, oh, wow, well, yeah, that's what they're doing. nine See, days, 350 bands, or whatever. I was like, like, holy shit, that's every like, band is in there. But uh, yeah, so, so we're doing that. Um, that's uh, two days before I turn 40. Oh, okay. Nice. So, uh, in the middle of the summer. And then... You'll be uh, torn You'll be torn on your birthday. I, I, I don't know how many birthdays I've celebrated on Hellfest, actually. Oh, yeah. A, a bunch, for sure. Awesome. But, uh, uh, but um, yeah, we're doing that. And we're doing... We're just doing like four more festivals we do have cycle of vegas uh booked so that's you know pending on the visas but but that's that's in there as well and a few other few other ones but we're doing the main festival season next summer you know what we did a fe- we did a hell fest together yeah we did, sure. we did yeah, a hell fest and uh it was the one where guns and roses played and i know and i was talking to del we watched guns and roses we all yeah. on the side of the yeah, stage exactly. remember, and we watched guns and roses and, and here's the funny thing. That was when I turned 30. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. wow. isn't it Del, is it Del James? The, yeah, Del James, the, exactly. He fucking loves you guys, right? Like, he, yeah, fucking, a, he just thinks you guys are the fucking best band in the world. He, yeah, came, he literally band. came up. He's just like, Watain is the best band in the fucking world. <laughs> like, yeah, he's cool. I mean, Del is great. He's a, he's a good friend. I, I, you know, stayed at his place in, in LA and we, we've been doing a lot of great shit together. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a big fan of the band, which has been really cool for me because since I was a kid, I was always a Guns fan. Right. So he's been, yeah, hooking me up and helping me out. And I've had a lot of uh, great experience to thank him for in, in terms of, of gigs and just, yeah, moments in life in general, you know. Right. Yeah, that's other dude, that guy. Yeah, that was a crazy. That was a crazy show. Just hanging out on the side watching Guns N' Roses yeah. at the Hellfest. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was before they. Yeah, exactly. That was just with Axel from the old lineup, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no Slash, no Duff. No, exactly. They had. Uh, I think they had DJ Ashba playing guitar. Right. And, and the right. Chicken Foot or Rit. I don't know. Chick something. So, yeah, yeah, Chicken yeah. Bucket. Yeah, chicken, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <Maybe> bucket, <yes. laughs> chicken Bucket. Yeah. What do you? No, I guess they're playing this year too. At headlining one day, and Metallica is headlining the day after. So I am, I am a little bit tempted to just stick around for that. And 
Right. You know, could be cool. Yeah, you'll probably have a good time. Like, yeah, I think so. I still, Metallica, I think, are still, all the times that I've saw them in the past 10 years have been like magical, you know. Yeah. Maybe I was just lucky, but they were, they were so fucking good every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, man. But it, it, I, I just got to say, it's it's fun that you mentioned those old Metallica Raven shows uh, being like one of the reasons why you started doing music because uh, ironically, I think it's like, it might be one of the gigs you're even talking about uh, that's on the Cliff Mall VHS. Right, you know, right. With all this old footage. Yeah, yeah, totally. But that's, that's my, if, if anyone asks me, when did you decide that you wanted to be in a band? That, that, that one video is one of those all at the stone, I think. Yes. Like Cliff's second show or something like yes. that. Oh, that's like awesome. I remember it so well. It's like that's that's what I'm gonna do, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a bit, it's funny that you mention it, and but but you were there obviously. So how old are you at this point when you see this? I was I was ten. I think. Yeah, God, Swedish kids get into metal so fucking young, man. Yeah, <laughs> we got, so young. Yeah, but we grew up in a pretty small town where there were older metalheads that were kind of cool you know they were pretty like welcoming and wanted to like make sure that you got the right records and so on as opposed to being like dickheads they were actually like you know after a while they were like don't listen to fucking Megadeth listen to fucking destruction you know <laughs> uh, and, and uh and oh, shit like that which I'm very very grateful for Right. but but um yeah exactly i think that was one of the reasons why we got into it so young and, and also more extreme stuff you know earliest like i was 11 years old when i was when i saw entomb the first time oh sick that's fucking awesome yeah yeah would that have been in would have that have been like the left hand path era no i was later that was uh, just before wolverine blues okay. i think Still killer. The, the whole hollow movie. man hollow man like hollow man era yeah yeah, yeah what a great EP that is. There's a song on that uh, on that uh, Holoman EP that that's not mentioned enough. I think it is. Uh, there's an instrumental track on it called Hellraiser, which is really cool. It's just uh, it's just samples from the movie, and then it's like this really doomy. Oh right, right, right. I think it's the last one on that like five song EP. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. What do you, do you have? A, is your family musical? Like, are you when you're a kid growing up? Are you like, is your parents listening to music or? Yeah, they were. I mean, I don't come from like an artist's home or anything like that, but they were really, I definitely got my music interest from my parents and them playing records. <clears throat> they were like Stones and Beatles generation. Uh, so they played, but it was actually mostly that. And they had they had all their albums still, you know, from when they were young. So, so I, I um, was talking about it earlier today with a friend, how, you know, some of those album covers that I saw when I was, I must have been like five, six, they were just like, you know, like book covers or something. I didn't really understand what they was, but I connected it to the music. And it was these black and white photos of these weird people, like Sgt. Pepper. Right. Cover, you know, like, what, what is this? Great album cover. Like spooky, magical vibe to it. A bit like circus, you know, for a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there was definitely a lot of that going on. Uh, a lot of you know uh, and they they got me into it you know they, they 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 made sure that i heard a lot of music when i was young yeah uh, 
and then they took me to my first you know guitar lessons and my first drum lessons and shit like that so they were really encouraging oh that's awesome that's cool that they were up until the point when i started botane then they were like what have we done (laughs) (laughs) does what does what start though with the blood and everything like right off the bat uh pretty much i mean definitely i mean the attitude attitude wise definitely but actual blood might have we didn't play live that much during the first year but yeah the way was we we started using that early and then uh then it became a thing when we were uh, tour we, we did our first big european tour with dissection the last tour that they ever did okay. and uh and uh we uh we brought like all the blood that we needed for the entire tour in one big jug okay and after start going bad dates, <laughs> you know uh but 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 then yeah I, that was it was a very magical time and a very like yeah very serious time we we grew up very fast on on that tour does your does your family um like do they are they taking you to metal shows though like like when you're start turning like a teenager like do you guys yeah you just start going went, you just start going on your own i i went to metallica with not not my dad but with my best friend's dad then they were they were good friends yeah <clears throat> on the black album tour when i was cool. yeah 10 yeah exactly and uh uh my mom took me to see no not any metal shows she took me to see the mission you know okay. the sisters of mercy uh, okay wow uh, but um no but they, they were they were very supportive and they were like uh, I went with my dad to London when I, I got that as a birthday gift when I was 10. We got to go to London and I got to, you know, go to all the record shops and like buy t-shirts and oh, shit. shit. We didn't have back home. That was like, wow. the dream. You know? uh, and I had a trip like that with, with my mother to Amsterdam as well. Uh, very, like when I was really young, you know, yeah. very for, formative uh, yeah. trips. That's uh, awesome. I mean, that's awesome that they like supported your musical you know trip yeah like that oh but definitely and you realize that also you know when you uh when you get older and you know how yeah i mean a, a lot of a lot of kids are not you know they're they're not lucky like that i was i i definitely have a lot of my you know i got a lot of my self awareness and a lot of like my personal courage i think from having like solid fucking parents who kind of left me to go a bit wild and you know gave me a lot of freedom but at the same time you know made sure that i had a like a, a solid uh, uh a solid home you know so uh kind of weird but but uh but but definitely something that contributed rather than took anything away even you know in a in a wild you know black metal context it's it's important to to know where you come from and it's important to know yourself you know no matter no matter what the fuck you're doing in life, I guess. When you guys tour through the U.S., do you guys get a lot of people protesting, like Christian, evangel- yeah. evangelical, idiot, asshole? Yeah, exactly. And uh, we we don't get a lot. There's there's been there's been stuff like that, especially when we did we toured with Mayhem before in the states, and then they draw a lot of that kind of, of crowds, I guess. You know, outside the, the venues, we've. 
Um, but I, I just, I like that. I, th I, I, I think there should be more of that, to be honest. I like the clash and I like that metal is still the, uh, capable of producing a bit of controversy and a little bit of, you know, awkwardness and, uh, and I mean the, the the jokes always on them in the in the long run you know it's like they just it's like these Westboro Baptist Church right. people I mean it's like what do they gain from that they all you know they're made a joke out of and that's that's what that's what it is um, and coming protesting out outside someone's shows that's just news bait and like fucking yeah, I mean, it's even bigger than that now because they're like, you know, like we've got governors with their don't say gay bills and now you can't yeah, certain, it's, it's, you know, certain things that make, you know, Christians feel awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's school, that, like, yeah. It, it gets to a point, it gets to a point, of course, when it gets problematic and, and you know, for real. But but I think that it's, it's still important to like draw those people out of the, swamps you know i'm like yeah okay stand here and do your stupid thing then and and we'll see we'll see what comes out of it because i i still believe that doing that outside of a metal show won't really you know lead to an, anything beneficial for them it will just make fools out of them but but of course when it's on a higher political level and it's getting yeah right so it's a uh, strange strange movements in the world right now when it comes to that kind of shit you know it is Very, it is it's crazy times man yeah I, uh, it, it's good times for for playing uh extreme uh, music and and like facing that whole thing as long as you know where you come from and, and what, what why you're doing what you're doing and as long as you're able to speak for yourself when 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 you have to you know because I think a, a, a lot of black metal bands that that in the end, you know, say they represent this and that, and they 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 talk about that symbol and this symbol, and you know, they talk about war and everything. And it's like I think a lot of those bands are not really ready to speak for themselves if if they get if if they get you know in the situation where they need to where they might need to, and and. Uh, I think it's a good test of character to to face a bit of opposition sometimes, you know, and not only have like everyone kissing your ass all the time. It's good to, good to have some some enemies too, you know, and and, and right. because because I, I think they you define you, yeah, they they define you in a way, you know, and and you you realize that you you have you have good things to fight for, uh, and so on. So yeah, I enjoy it, but but. Uh, but uh, I, I don't like getting shut down, or I, I don't like just you know getting shut down or cancelled or censored. I want to be able to at least you know defend my reasons, or uh, you know I want to have a fair fight, uh, and that that's what I think is is a little bit uh, disturbing with a lot of the things that have been going on that you don't really get a chance to you know explain yourself or you don't get you know you just get shut down sometimes because venues are being contacted because oh but you know by say a, um, uh, maybe a, a vegan uh, organization that these guys are you know doing this oh, right, and if right. they come here and it's like yeah you know 
I, I get it. You don't like it, and you've you you fight your war, but you know, you gotta you you, you gotta you gotta let uh, whoever it is that you're shutting down have a chance to at least you know talk. Otherwise, to me, in my world, that's 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 how it is. You know, I don't I don't like this. Uh, I don't really like this. Uh, in school, we call it snitches, you know, like when people who, that went to the teachers and said that that guy did something wrong. Okay, yeah, but anyway, but 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 I uh, I, I like getting a fair chance to to defend myself, and when it gets on the high political level that you mentioned, you you don't get that chance. You just you just get shut down, and that's when things get a bit yeah. That's, that's not good. Right. Right. I, uh, I gotta say, this has been a really cool conversation, man. And I'm Likewise, Likewise. really glad to have you on the show. Like I said, you know, it's been great meeting you guys all those years later and, you know, yeah, I haven't definitely. seen you forever. So it's been good to catch up, man. Really. Definitely. definitely. I enjoy it. It's cool to have like, uh, this kind of interview format in the middle of the interview frenzy that's just like on right. the phone or on skype or whatever it's just yeah go ahead go ahead and plug your upcoming dates go ahead and plug the new album you know tell us all the one more yeah time. exactly so so the album uh, the album is coming out to nuclear blast on on the 29th of april uh and we got a, a few cool things up our sleeve until then uh including a video awesome uh, that's, that's going to be uh definitely our our uh, biggest video project to date um, and pretty different too and and uh, then uh, we're releasing the album 29th of april and we're doing a few festivals and then we're hitting europe uh with abbas in uh, oh nice oh that'll in, be uh, fun those dudes uh, are cool yeah i, th I think it'll, i think it'll i think that will be a good one yeah um, no, and cool. uh yeah, it's it's uh, a it's fully European <laughs> tour. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, we'll see. We, we never toured together before, but we got a we got a big uh, passion for. We got a lot of common passions, especially for for old metal and black metal stuff. I think it would work really good. Fuck yeah! Right. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much our year. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, the album. Uh, it's. The yes. Agony and Ecstasy of Watain. Right. Coming out. April. Ladies and gentlemen, read that right there. The mighty, mighty Eric Danielson, Watain, here on No Fucking Regrets. No fucking regrets. With Rob Flynn.